So we're in week two of our series, Real Life Faith. You know, and last week we took some time and, and we were looking at um, really who, who is it that, that we're trying to please in our lives. You know, are we trying to please God or are we trying to please other people? And, and unfortunately, I think we all get caught up the same way. We, we kind of want to please the person that happens to be in front of us at the time. You know, sometimes we'll kind of waver on our beliefs or, or we'll waver on what we got to do to try and make somebody happy, even if it means we're doing something that doesn't make God happy. Because we'll get so caught up in, you know, trying to just please somebody. When, when as a Christ follower, we're called to please God. We're not called to please people, but unfortunately we try and please people over God. Now this week we're going to kind of look at some emotions. Something that I think every one of us, as Christians, as non-Christians, we all deal with. We all deal with guilt and we all deal with shame. And it can really drive us or compel us to do things that we don't want to do and actually keep us away from the plan that God has for us because we allow guilt and shame just to drive, be the driving force in our life. You know, think about it, every one of us at some point in our life has done something embarrassing or we've done something that we're really not proud of. Yeah, I remember one time I was walking down the street and, and I saw this person wave to me. And, you know, I saw them all the time, you know, like going through the office building or outside the office. And I saw them wave and I kind of waved back and, and I went over to them and I started having this conversation. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm Ken. Nice to meet you. Well, come to find out, they're waving at someone behind me. <laughs> Meanwhile, I walked over and started having this conversation, thinking, oh, wow, this is awesome. I see this person every day. Guess what? I never went that way again. I knew where the person worked. I tried to avoid the hallway. I was like, I just can't do this because it was embarrassing. And, and the fact that now I got to think to myself, every time I saw them, they're thinking, who's this weird dude? Yeah, I'm waving to a friend. That ever happened to any of you guys? No, I, I got some head shaking, yes. I got some nose. Uh, I, I think some people may be lying in church. Real quick to say no. Um, but <laughs> I think we all have these situations. And you know what? Maybe it wasn't this embarrassing situation that actually happened in public. Maybe it's something embarrassing that's in your own private life. Yeah, maybe it's at nighttime going on websites and watching videos that you shouldn't be watching. Maybe it's stealing something from your brother or sister and then lying to mom about it. Maybe, maybe it was something in your life that maybe you cheated on an exam or you cheated on something in your life and, and you know, you kind of, I got ahead of, I got ahead of the game because I cheated. Or maybe you stole from someone and figured, well, they really didn't need it, and, and I needed it more. And, and, you know, we all have these different situations that then come back up in our life, and, and we have this guilt about what we did, or we kind of have this shame about what we did, and, and it starts to be the driving force in our life. Yeah, maybe we quietly every night we go and, and we, you know, I just need a little shot of sherry to go to sleep at night. And that little shot ends up being a bottle of Jack. 
or maybe a whole bottle of gym, or, or maybe it's, oh, I just need this little pill, and one little pill turns into other pills, you know, and you start getting caught up in, in this whole lifestyle, but yet you don't tell anyone about it. Instead, you want to live in the shame and the guilt that you bring on yourself. And then, unfortunately, then you think, well, God don't love me. God can't use me because of what I'm going through. And, and we get so caught up in it. And the reality is, it starts young. It started young in each of our lives. There was actually a study done um, by the Institute for the Study of Child Development. It actually said this. A child has already begun their emotional development of shame, pride, and embarrassment by age two. As soon as, basically, as soon as we're old, to rec old enough to recognize the difference between right and wrong and realize our words or actions have hurt someone else, we're all subject to feeling guilt and shame to varying degrees and varying intensities in our life. It was even found that in the research, about 15% of all children are prone to shame. And it's something that as adults we really don't think about, but it actually started back when we were young, back when we were kids. In 2009, a study showed that teenagers who exhibited a high propensity for shame were also more likely to have symptoms of depression. So something that starts in our life when we're young can ultimately affect us that much more as we go on. You see, we all, we all tend to think of these terms of guilt and shame, and we kind of think they're interconnected or interchangeable, but guilt and shame are actually two different things. Uh, guilt is actually when we view a particular action as something that's bad. So in other words, I... I I did something wrong. That something is what the problem is. You know, so, so that's that whole guilt. I, that something, I did something wrong. That's where the guilt comes from. The problem is with shame. Shame is something that we put on ourselves. And instead of the something being wrong, I did something wrong. The emphasis goes on myself. And, and many times in our own life, we get so caught up on that that we start to look at ourselves and we actually blame ourselves for something. I did something wrong. It's not the something wrong, it's, it's that personal on us. And then through the shame, we end up getting into that guilt phase of, oh, I did this thing. Or I did whatever it is. And we tend to carp, uh, start analyzing and labeling ourselves and... and Unfortunately, even as Christians, we feel this guilt and shame in our life. We deal with it on a regular basis because contrary to popular belief, just so you know, following Jesus does not get rid of guilt and shame in your life. It does not take those emotions away from you. And even as Christ followers, even as people who spend time in his word, there's times in our life that we're going to feel that guilt and we're going to feel that shame. We're going to put it upon ourselves for something that we've done either to ourselves or to somebody else. And then we're going to actually get back in that vicious cycle of God can't use me because of whatever it was. 
whatever it is that we're putting on ourselves. Pastor Greg uh, Groeschel actually said this. He said he believes that poor financial decisions, sexual sin, and addictions all contribute to a secret tomb of shame. See, each one of us has this secret tomb of shame inside of us, and unfortunately, many people are willing to die in that secret tomb of shame because the last thing we want to do is be embarrassed by telling someone or letting out our little secret. You know, you think about anyone who's an addict, the first step in, in it is the admittance that you're actually an addict. Well, the same thing happens in any other sin. We've got to be willing to admit it first. And that admitting it is the hardest part of all because the last thing you want to do is hurt a loved one or hurt someone else because of something that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing. But we need to take those steps forward and get out of that tomb of shame in our life and realize that our past mistakes do not define us. They do not define who we are or what we're doing. And it ultimately, ultimately leads to us just telling more and more lies to try and avoid an embarrassing situation, and all it does is make that situation worse. And over time, it just gets to become so much on us that we actually even have our own hard time coping with it. But here's the truth. The feelings of guilt and shame associated with our past shortcomings can hold us back from stepping into God's best for our life. But here's the good news. Real life faith lives free from shame and guilt. If you have that real life faith, you're believing in God, you're believing in His Word, you're believing in, in the saving power of Jesus, we can actually live shame and guilt free. The thing is, there's things that we need to do to be able to get there. Now, if you have a Bible, we're going to be in James chapter 1 today. Two quick verses. Uh, James 1, verses 14 and 15, they actually say this. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. This is something we all run into. And the realization is God can and God often does stir up these feelings of guilt and shame inside of us. Because have you ever noticed when you're doing something wrong, you start to hear that voice? You start to feel, man, I shouldn't be doing this. And, and in some cases, you know, you ain't even got there to do it yet and you're already feeling it. I shouldn't be doing that. I, I, I shouldn't be making this phone call. I shouldn't be going to this place. And, and we get these, you know, already this guilt of, oh, my God, I, I can't believe I'm doing this and you ain't even done it yet. Y'all been there? And then what happens? Even though you got that guilt, I shouldn't be doing this, what do you do? You keep on walking, right? You keep on going to it. And then after it's all done, you oh, I can't believe I did that. Yeah, yeah, you get now the shame and it builds up into all this guilt. And then you start saying, you know, God, God told me not to do it and I did it and that's it. He's just going to, I'm done. God can't use me anymore. I'm done. I might as well just go and live my own life. 
God can never use me for what I've done. And, and the realization is God can still use you exactly because of what you've done. But we won't allow it because we allow that guilt and we allow all that shame to build up inside of us. And, and we, we seem to forget that the brokenness inside us is why Jesus died on the cross. He died on the cross for our brokenness. He died on the cross so that we could come to him in them times. Now, I've read an article this week about a lady named Marty. and Marty had been living for the Lord for like eight years, and she was heavily involved in, in Bible studies and, and going to church and listening to, to God's Word and, and listening to the truth about everything that God had for her. And, and she was going through this life just really, that's it, I'm going to do what I'm called to do. And she continued to live with this cycle of shame. She had this shame in her life. And, and what had happened was she was on a backpacking trip uh, in South America with, with some non-Christian friends. And she had a male friend go with her. And, and as she was on this trip, she did some things that as a Christian she shouldn't have done. And then she got to the point to, you know, getting so upset to the lifestyle that her non-Christian friends lived, and then the shame that she did the same thing. That while she was on this trip, you know, uh, I'm a Christ follower, uh, I'm supposed to be doing all of this, and instead I did what everyone in the world was doing. So she actually made a decision, that's it. I'm giving up on God, I'm giving up on this shame, I'm giving up on all this guilt, and I'm just going to live a life like all of my non-Christian friends. It didn't take long for her to realize she wasn't living the life that God had for her. The shame and the guilt came even worse. She, she really was feeling bad for everything that was going on. She found herself completely bro broken, lying on the bathroom floor, pleading and calling out to God for his forgiveness. She realized that the shame and the guilt became even worse because of her relationship with Jesus. And being unrepentant, being trying to just do it on her own, the realization that she needed Jesus in order to get past the shame and the guilt in her life. She decided it was time to, she couldn't live this life of guilty, being guilty and shame without the forgiveness of Jesus. But see, I think we all find ourselves that same way. We, we find ourselves going through something, and, and even as Christ followers, we'll, we'll do something. We, we kind of half-heartedly, oh, forgive me, Lord. And, and then we kind of think it's okay. But, but then as we start to go through the weeks or even through the day, we start to realize that in the back of our head or that other shoulder, oh, you can do it again. It's okay. God forgives you. You can go ahead and continue to do that. Just ask for forgiveness. And unfortunately, that's a rationality that we use. Well, God forgives. If I ask for forgiveness, he'll give it to me. So if I mess up, I'm okay. I, I can mess up and God forgive me and then I can go do it again, you know. So, so I can take, take some meth. I can ask for forgiveness as I'm walking to the next dealer's house to get some more meth. 
And unfortunately, there's people who actually feel that way. They actually feel that, well, I, I, I'm kind of, I feel guilty and ashamed, but hey, I ask for forgiveness, so everything's okay, so I can just keep going and doing the same sin over and over again. What's going to happen is it's going to continue to go up. That guilt and that shame is going to get worse and worse as you continue to be convicted by the Holy Spirit on doing what's wrong. Then you're going to actually get to a point where I'm done with God. I can't do this. I I can't do this, and and I need to just live my life without God because, you know, my, my friends who are sinners have all the fun. You think they're having all the fun. Anyone who's ever been there realizes the grass is not always greener on the other side. But we will go and want to play in that other grass thinking it's such a better life and not realize the consequences that we're bringing on ourselves in the form of our own shame, in the form of our own guilt as we continue to move forward. And I honestly believe that if we want that freedom in Jesus when we get caught in this cycle, I think there's four things we need to do. The first thing I think we need to do is confess our sins. And through this confession, um, I think no matter what cycle of shame it's in, it's never too late to start. And through confession, confession is that ability to, to free yourself from the guilt. Because there's something about admitting that you're doing something wrong that brings freedom along with it. Now, it doesn't just, oh, uh, I confess it, all's good. No. It may bring, you know, take some of that guilt away, but you still got to continue to move forward. Confessing is only the first step in it, and, and understanding that through, through the confessing of our, our sin, it's, um, it basically provides this avenue of apology, to apologize, to for wrongful actions that we've done in our life. And, and then I think by seeking that forgiveness, it gives us that first step towards um, actual reconciliation with God and with others. But it, but it takes that confessing your sins first, going <clears throat> and, and actually admitting what you did. Just like an addict admitting that you're addicted. Anything we do, it it starts with that initial admittance of what's going on. King David actually said this. He talks about the willingness of of God to forgive his confessed sins. And in Psalm 32, 5, he says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my inequity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Likewise, in, in the writing, when he was writing about healing in the book of James, in James 5.16, he says this, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. So with that being said, i got to ask the question, what unconfessed sin or what unconfessed guilt or shame do you currently have in your life that you need to let go of? Because I think deep down all of us have something. Some of us immediately start hearing this, and I mean it was right there at the top of your head, almost on your lips to what you knew you had to confess, what you had to move forward with. But it's something that we need to look at 
each and every day. As we take this time, because each day may require a different confession. Because if we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God, every one of us has something we need to confess for. It's about being open and honest with what we do. The next thing, you know, I said we need to receive forgiveness. You notice I said receive forgiveness. Because receiving is a whole lot different than giving. And, and unfortunately, I think in this point, is, is the understanding that we need to receive that forgiveness from God. Understand that we've confessed our sins to Him. We know He is faithful. We know He will forgive our sins. Accept the forgiveness from God. Because before you accept that forgiveness from God, you're never going to be able to accept forgiveness or give forgiveness to anybody else. It has to start with that relationship. And even though we need to recognize while God may forgive us, our spouse, our neighbor, whoever it is that we hurt, may never forgive us. And sometimes we get so caught on that. I need you to forgive me. Guess what? You can't demand forgiveness from a human being. Confess your sin. Receive the forgiveness from God and continue to move. Realizing that you may never get forgiveness from someone here on earth. But you got to be willing to understand that that may happen. What you did may scar that relationship forever, but the relationship that counts is what? Your relationship with Jesus Christ. And yes, through time as they truly see that hey, you're walking a different path, you're actually doing something different, they may not forgive you at the beginning, and you may never hear them say, hey, I forgave you, but you may see that relationship start to come back together. I, one of the things I never do is expect forgiveness from anybody. Because the realization, if I expect forgiveness from you and you don't give it to me, I'm probably going to get mad. I'm probably going to get upset. It's probably going to hurt the relationship even that much more. My realization is I asked God for forgiveness. He forgave me. I know I'm good. Hopefully this relationship will work itself out. I, I hope you forgive me. I know it may take time. I may have to hear about it for the rest of my life. For all the men in the room, you all know, at some point you're going to hear on January 3rd, 1983, you did this. And it's going to be like, you know, July of 2023. And you're sitting there wondering, I don't even remember what I was doing on that day. Trust me, there's someone who does. There's someone who's going to remember exactly what minute, what day, probably even what you were wearing at that time. It's okay. Look at where the relationship's going and continue to work forward to go with that relationship and receive the forgiveness from God. Understand, be sensitive to that time and the location and your manner and delivery of your confession to somebody. But the realization is you may not get forgiveness from the person you hurt. You will always get forgiveness from God. So receive that forgiveness from him. The next thing I talk about, we need to refocus or replace. In Proverbs 4.23 it says this, Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. And in 2 Timothy 2.22, it tells us, 
Flee from your youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. See, confessing of sin seals to heal our brokenness. It's there to help us get through that broken time in our life. But then here comes the problem. You start to heal from that brokenness, something's going to come and take its place. What are you feeding and allowing to take its place? You know, I've talked in the past about garbage in, garbage out. What are you filling that void with? Because as soon as you start feeling better and that guilt and shame starts to go away, something's going to fill that space. What's filling that space? We can easily fill that space with more junk. We can fill that space with other things. Or we can fill that space with God's word. We can fill that space with brothers and sisters in Christ who are helping us to walk the, where we need to go. But we need to re, refocus and, and we need to actually pay attention to where we're going and replace those thoughts of, of shame and guilt with something better. And, and the best thing we can do is by filling it with God's word filling it with the promises that are in his word, taking that time and realizing, just like it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, to take every thought captive and obey Christ. As we look at refilling it and you look at God's word, you can look in the realization that in Christ we are what? We are a new creation. The old has passed away. The old is gone. We can know that we are free. We're free from the law of sin and death. And most importantly, we know through God's word that we have been chosen by God. So if we can hold on to all these things as we're trying to replace and rethink that shame and guilt, we can look at the power in God's word and as children of God, who we really are. We're not the situation. We're not what we did in our past. It is not defining who we are today. God defines who we are. God defines what our future is going to be. Unfortunately, we get so caught up in what happened here that we don't go where God's calling us to go. Remember who you are in Christ. Replace those thoughts of your, in your mind with what God's word and the truth from God's word. And don't let, let Satan call you by your sin. Because that's exactly what Satan does. He will call you by your sin. God calls you by your name. We are our name. We are not our sin. Next thing is request help. Seek wise counsel. When, when you're going through something, you've got that shame, that guilt, and, and you've hurt somebody because of something, seek wise counsel. Could be AA, could be NA, could be Celebrate Recovery, uh, could be marriage counseling, could be individual counseling, whatever it is, seek professional help. Seek, seek wise counsel. Seek someone in your life who is more mature Christian than you that you can go to and say, hey, look, this is what I did. I, I've confessed it to, to the person. I, I've confessed it. I've asked for forgiveness from God. I'm receiving this forgiveness. I'm trying to replace these thoughts with other thoughts, but I'm struggling. And by seeking wise counsel, seeking that other person, 
whether it's accountability, brother or sister, whatever it may be, it's going to help you to move forward. You know, I, I talk all the time about I meet with a group of brothers on Monday night. And we hold each other accountable for our walks. You know, we, we hold each other accountable for our piety, our study, and our action, and, and how we live out our Christian faith each and every week. And sometimes we fail. Now, I didn't pray before my meal. Yeah, I know, I was sitting in front of you, you just started eating. It happens. Well, I didn't spend a whole lot of time reading God's Word today. I didn't do this. And what, I, what we generally will find is, is when you're really not doing what God called you to do, because you're probably doing something God didn't call you to do, you're getting caught up in, in something, and, and maybe you got to take that time, do that self-examination, and, and realize that, you know, I'm messed up. I messed up this week. As you're seeking that wise counsel, you're going to have someone that you can have those conversations with that you can be open and honest with and know that they're going to be open and honest with you. Which is the big, you don't want someone who's going to sugarcoat it. Make sure you got someone who's going to be open and honest with you. The reality is you're probably not only hurting yourself, you're hurting somebody else. You've got this guilt, you've got this shame, it's all weighing on you. You're feeling like you're useless, you're feeling like, I just can't go on with this anymore. At some point, you need to just open up and confess it. Confess your sin. Relieve. Take that weight off of your shoulders. Jesus says, my yoke is light. He says it for a reason. Because we put so much weight on our own selves that we can actually bog ourselves down because no one knows us like us. No one knows how to get into your own personality than yourself. We know what's going to drive us each and every day. Take the time, actually get help. Um, and, and I believe as we turn our words and actions back to God in, in repentance, I think we experience this refreshing in the presence of the Lord, just like it says in Acts 3, 19 through 20. It says, therefore, repent and turn back so that your sins may be wiped out that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. See, through all this, I think the reality is we all forget what it says in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive, uh, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. We forget about that part. Even more, we forget what it says in, in Hebrews 8.12 where, where they're actually um, saying, repeating the Lord's declaration from Jeremiah 31.34 where it says this, For I will forgive their wrongdoing and I will never again remember their sins. Think about this. The Lord's declaration, I will never ever remember their sins. Then why do we remember it? This all-knowing, almighty, powerful God chooses to not remember your sins when you ask for forgiveness. And man, we will point out someone's sin like that. 
We will not forget it. We will hold on to it. We will let it drive us into shame. We'll let us drive it into guilt. And, and knowing that, God already forgot about it. You asked for forgiveness. He forgot about your sin. And you're living your life because of that sin. You're living your life in this shame. You're living this life in guilt. You're allowing other people to remind you of the sin that you committed each and every day because they haven't forgiven you, but God has. He don't remember it anymore. And we forget He forgave us. And if He forgives us, we're set free. We can continue to move on. But instead we harbor all this guilt and all this shame and we forget about who our God is. We forget about the life that he wants us to live, and we live this entire big life of shame and guilt. Woe's me, I can't believe it happened to me, but yet you're the one making that choice to live that life because God has forgiven you. He's forgiven you. He expects you to continue to move on, but we will continue to beat ourselves up because of our past. Or we will continue to allow other people to beat us up because of our past. Even if we're not even doing it, hey, I, you know, hi, I'm Mike. Sorry, Mike. I'm 30 years clean and sober. Mike, you were an alcoholic. Oh, my God, I can't believe you were an alcoholic. What do we remember? That Mike was an alcoholic. What did the people in his life remember? When he was an alcoholic 30 years ago. 41 years ago. Okay. You're, almost, you're older than I thought. Anyways. <laughs> so, so the realization, well, I'm old. You know, but, but that's what we remember. And guarantee there's still people in Mike's life that remember him when he was that person and still will relate to that person. Anyone who's ever gone through some type of recovery you're still labeled by what you were labeled as when you first came out. Hi, I'm Ken. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, I'm Ken. I'm hooked on Coke. Hi, I'm Ken. Yeah, hi, Ken. There you go. <laughs> hi, I'm Ken. I'm hooked on fentanyl, whatever it may be. Hi, I'm Ken. I'm addicted to porn. That's the label that they keep on you. You may have put everything in place so that you can't go to websites you shouldn't be going to. You may have everything in place through AANA, Celebrate Recovery, being in a, uh, having brothers and sisters holding you accountable, not even going near anything, getting drug tested weekly, whatever it may be. You know what they're going to remember you for? That person back here. They're going to remember you as the alcoholic, the druggie, the person addicted to porn, the person who stole from them the person, whatever it may be that you did, that's what they're going to remember you for. And it could be yesterday, or it could be 10, 20 years ago. Don't expect their forgiveness. Accept the forgiveness from God and know that once you ask for that forgiveness, He forgives you and He remembers it no more. Wouldn't it be nice for us to remember it no more like God does? But here's a reality, too. The remembering it is sometimes what keeps us going forward and keeps us from going back to it because of what we learned through it. But, but I think we need to completely change 
the way we look at it, the, the way we look at the shame and the guilt in our life, and take the steps to realize that's not the life that God wants for us. God's plan is so much bigger than that, and, and the realization that, that the feelings of guilt and shame associated with our past shortcomings can hold us back from stepping into God's best for our lives. Don't let it stop you from doing what God's best is for your life. We're to live free. Real life faith lives free from shame and guilt. It's time to live free. It's time to live the life that God called for you. And, and if you've already asked God for forgiveness, and He gave you forgiveness, keep on moving on. If you haven't confessed it yet, that's where you need to start. And that's the hardest part. The hardest part is that confession. And not really the confession to God, because guess what? He already knows it. He already knows what you do, and that's why you're getting that guilt, and that's why you're getting that shame, because the Holy Spirit's saying, uh, excuse me, you remember this? And it keeps coming up every time you know you try and get rid of it, and it keeps coming back up, or there'll be a word, a phrase, or a smell, and all of a sudden it's like, oh. He's reminding you, confess it. Confess it to God. Confessing it to God's a whole lot easier than confessing it to the person that you hurt. But that's the next step. God's going to forgive you. Ask for his forgiveness. You're forgiven. Move forward. Confess what you've done to whoever it is you need to confess it to. And move on. Don't expect, oh, that's okay, I forgive you. Might not ever hear it. Move on. Change what you're allowing into your life. Whatever that trigger is, whatever that cause is that's causing you to, to go back and do whatever that shame or guilt feeling is, start putting things in place to keep you from going there. Rethink, refocus what you're putting inside of you and move forward. That's the beginning of repentance. Remember, repentance is this outward actions and words and what you're doing. It's that outward display that people see of that inward change in your heart. When you repent and you turn away from it, you're telling God, that's, I'm walking away from it. That's done in your heart. So then what's in your heart, people will see on the outside. And sometimes it takes a long time of being in repentance or through repentance for people to realize it. Because you may say, that's it, I'm turning, I'm walking away, and it's only been a week, and people are like, yep, just wait. It's been a week. Give it a couple more days. Because you know that, that one step forward becomes two steps back. And then you take a step and you take a couple more steps back and pretty soon, guess where you're at? You're right back in it. When you repent, you actually go away. I'm not going to get too much into repentance because I'm actually going to teach on it in a couple weeks. But everything that from the confession, from the receiving forgiveness, the, the refocusing or what you're putting in, putting good stuff in instead of garbage in, and, and then 
actually getting help is the beginning of repentance. Take the steps you need to take. Take the steps that you need to take to continue to not allow shame and guilt to stop you from doing what God's called you to do. God's got big plans for every one of us. The problem is we allow this, whatever it is that we did, to prevent us from doing what God calls us to do. It's time to let go and let God live that life of freedom that we have in Christ. That's what we're called to do. He forgets it. Think about that. He forgets it. There's things in my life I wish I could forget. God knew it before it happened. He knew it when you did it. He knew what you did afterwards. And guess what? He chooses not to remember. What if we chose not to remember the way people hurt us? What if we chose not to remember when someone has confessed a sin to us, asked for forgiveness, if we were like God and we chose to forget about it and move on? Life would be crazy, wouldn't it? I mean, I can't do that. I'm going to be open and honest. There's no way I can do that. There's some people that, yeah, I'll forgive you, you know, and always I'm that one. You know, forgiving doesn't mean I forget because I'm always going to remember what you did to me. I may forgive you, but guess what? There's now boundaries in our, in our relationship that are always going to be there. God takes them boundaries out. He removes them, but we hold on to them. Be who God called you to be, amen? And, and it all starts, it all starts with that relationship. It starts with that relationship with Jesus. If we want that forgiveness, we need to go to our Lord and Savior and ask. And maybe you're here today and you say, well, Pastor, I don't have that relationship. You know, whether you're here in the room or join us for church online and you're like, well, I don't have that relationship and I'm too messed up, I'm too jacked up. He would never accept me and I can't do anything right and and my life is in shambles, and you're living in shame and guilt. You're living your life in shame and guilt. Our God brings freedom. He brings freedom in your life. Yes, there's still consequences for what you do, but He brings that freedom. He brings that forgiveness. If you're trying to get it right, it's not going to happen. God's word says we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. So every one of us is a sinner. Every one of us falls short of the glory of God. But yet he loved us enough that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for us. And God's word says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's where it starts. That's that beginning. And, and here's the reality of it. When you go up and, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life, guess what the next thing you're going to do? You're going to confess your sins. Lord, I have messed up. I've done whatever it is. But when you invite him to be the Lord of your life, he's saying, I forgive you. 
I died on the cross for your sins. I died on the cross for what you've done. I've died on the cross for what you're going to do. But we need to receive that forgiveness from him. Receive it and move on with your life. Now, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're not repenting of it, we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. Ask for the forgiveness, receive that forgiveness from him and move on. Make him the Lord of your life. And he will begin to change you from the inside out. That inward change that people are going to see as an outward expression. That's what we're called to do. And maybe you're sitting here and you've been living in this life of shame and, and guilt and, and your pastor, you done bugged my house been listening to my conversations. I don't know how you know that, but man, you're talking about me, Pastor. Guess what? It ain't just you. Guarantee there's more people in this room feeling the same way. Exactly. The Holy Spirit. You know, it's interesting times when I write these sermons, I, I, I get convicted myself. Man, I'm going to hold on to this. I need to let it go. I'm really not doing this in my own life. I, I need to make sure I'm doing what I'm preaching. I need to practice what I preach. I need to confess. I need to move forward. And, and for me, a lot of the whole thing is that receiving that forgiveness because I know me and I'm not, I'm not real easy to forgive someone. Like I said, I may forgive, but I never forget. Realizing that he forgets is the part I need to work on. That I don't lord it over somebody else. And maybe that's where you're at. You're lording someone else's misgivings. You're lording what they did over them. I want to encourage you during this final song, come up for prayer. If God is the Lord over your life, we don't lord over anybody. Let it go like he let it go. And if you're holding on to shame and guilt, same thing. Come up here. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you and, and help you do whatever we can do to get over that shame and that guilt. But don't leave here today with shame and guilt. Leave it here. Leave it here. Leave it with Jesus. Go out that door and live free. Amen? Go out that door and live free. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, Lord. You call us to this life of freedom. Lord, we tend to put ourselves behind bars. We tend to lock ourselves in cages because we want to hold on to things. Lord, we want to hold on to what somebody did to us. Or we want to hold on to what we've done to someone else. And we don't want to come out because it may be embarrassing. We may feel shameful or guilty. Well, Lord, we already feel shameful and guilty inside. Give us the strength and the boldness to confess our sins. Confess where we have done things wrong so that we can move forward with the plan that you have for us. Lord, by harboring all of this shame, by harboring this guilt, all we do is prevent ourselves from walking the path that you have for us. Lord, your plan is so much bigger and better than ours. Help us to kick open these cages 
and release the shame and guilt in our life. And give the same forgiveness that you have given to us, the people that we come in contact with. And Lord, if there's anyone here who does not know you, I ask that they make that move today. That they'll accept you as their Lord and Savior, that they will confess their sins, and through that confession and through refocusing and changing what they're bringing into their life and getting wise counsel, Lord, that it will lead to true repentance. And Lord, that you will be glorified through it all. And Lord, make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue to worship. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to Go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.